0: Unless otherwise indicated, all the names, characters, businesses, places, events, and incidents in these stories and audio narrations are either the product of the author's imagination or used in a fictitious manner. Any resemblance to actual persons, living or dead, or actual events is purely coincidental. The stories and audio narrations are not intended as a substitute for the medical advice of physicians. The reader and or listener should consult a physician in matters related to his or her health, and particularly with respect to any symptoms that may require diagnosis or medical attention. Mature content, listener discretion is advised. Mm.
1: The name's Han Keegan. I'm an NYPD Blue, and a former US military veteran. I'm pragmatic, and I call BS when I see it. If it doesn't feel or smell right, then you've got my attention. I always trust my gut. Little did I suspect that my gut would be forever changed the day I came across that medicine. Here's my story. Z sniffled loudly and pulled away, her arm is falling away from my waist. I reached into my interior suit pocket and pulled out my cloth handkerchief. As I held it out to her, she looked at it blankly, not touching it. Her eyes were blinking and focused on the monogram letters of my initials, H.N.K.
0: You have got to be kidding me, Keegan,
1: she said as she looked at me.
0: How in the world is that even sanitary?
1: Be quiet, I said as I began to dab her wet eyes and face with it. I don't pull this out just for anyone. She held still as I dried her face. I grinned as she winced minutely. She was probably trying not to think about the germs and bugs that were living in my handkerchief. When she finally opened her eyes, all thoughts in my head just melted away. Unlike most women I knew, Z was an open book to me. For whatever reason, I was usually able to read her pretty well just by looking into her dark brown eyes. The heat and energy that vibrated between us were stirring something inside me, and it wasn't just my dick. How about I take you home, I murmured as I continued to hold her lightly against me. She sniffed wetly as she took the hanky and wiped her nose thoroughly with it,
0: Hope you have another hanky because I'm taking this one and washing it for you.
1: I chuckled at her chagrin as she folded the hanky and tucked it into her pocket.
0: God, what time is it? She asked,
1: but she immediately shook her head.
0: I need to get out of here.
1: How about I take you home? I repeated as she stepped back away from me. You want some company? Her head nodded after a few moments of thinking, her mouth pursed.
0: Company's good. You okay with that?
1: Wouldn't have offered if I wasn't, I responded. Looking at Brad, I moved over to him and put my hand on his left shoulder. Z and I are leaving. You and Linda good now? Man, he breathed, and he shook his head, looking directly at Z. What the hell just happened in there? Daisy's going to be okay, that's all that really matters, Brad. I held out my hand to him and he took it firmly. We'll catch up later. He nodded silently, his eyes still in disbelief. I empathized with him because I was still trying to wrap my own head around him myself. Brad walked over to Z and they briefly shook hands. Thank you for your help, Z. Don't know what the hell you did in there, but thanks. She nodded without saying anything. Looking at me, she turned and started walking down the corridor. With a nod to Brad, I followed her, and when we got to the elevators, she swore. Shit,
0: I forgot my messenger bag.
1: Turning to me, she said,
0: I can't go back in there, Keegan. Would you mind getting my messenger bag? I hung it on the chair by the window.
1: I nodded, sure, be right back. She had already pressed the button for the elevator, and the doors opened as I walked away. She called after me.
0: I'll be waiting downstairs.
1: Turning around the corner into the private wing, I reached the door to Daisy's room just as it swung open. Dr. Ambrose was stepping out, and my eyes fell to Z's messenger bag in his hands. He had her wallet out, and when he saw me, he immediately stuffed it back into the bag. Dr. Ambrose, I nodded as I stopped in front of him. I'll take the bag. I held my hand out. I'll give it to Z. She's waiting for me downstairs. Oh, he said as he looked at me with a frown. You two together? My eyes narrowed at his question and I didn't respond. I'll take her bag, please, I repeated. When he handed it to me, strangely reluctant, he said, I don't know what she did in there, but if she harms my patient, I'm going to hold her personally responsible. I tilted my head. Daisy gave full consent to Z. Are you saying that her condition worsened? The door opened then, and Brad exited the room. He stood next to me, obviously hearing my question because he responded. The bleeding stopped, and she's asleep now. They're going to run a few more tests to double check her condition, but her color is definitely better. We won't know for sure if my patient has improved until we get the results back. Only with solid, empirical backing of science will I be appeased. His mouth curved with disdain. Faith, healing, and witchcraft have no place in this hospital. I took a step closer to the doctor, my temper simmering. Dr. Ambrose, I said softly. I'd be careful calling anyone a witch if I were you. Then what would you call it? He spat at me, his eyes flashing angrily as he looked between me and Brad. My friend shrugged lightly, his face befuddled. A miracle? He responded when I didn't say anything. We watched as the doctor turned to stomp away. What's his problem? Brad muttered as he looked at me. I shrugged as I lightly punched him on the shoulder. When I finally exited the hospital, my eyes glanced around and found Z in the small courtyard in front of the building. I slowly made my way to her not wanting to break the silence as she continued to hug the tree. I have to admit, if I didn't know her, and why she was hugging a tree in broad daylight, I would have found it really, really strange, even by New York standards. I waited until she finally pulled away, sighing happily. She smiled as she saw me, her dark brown eyes falling to her bag in my hands. I held it out to her, and taking it, she slung it over her shoulder, securing it across her chest. Molesting trees now, are we? I said nonchalantly as I half-grinned at her. She smiled widely at me, her dark brown eyes gleaming.
0: Every chance I get. Now let's make it like a tree and leave.
1: Her slender round face no longer looked haunted or haggard, which confirmed to me that she had recharged her energy with that tree hug. Punny, I thought, as I shook my head at the really awful joke. We started walking down the block. It was, amazingly, only 10.30 in the morning, and the streets were streaming with people walking with purpose.
0: Do you have a car, Keegan?
1: Z threw a look at me as people started to cut in between us. New Yorkers can squeeze through any cracks to get through to the other side.
0: How did you get to the hospital? By the way, don't you have to go to work?
1: I shook my head. Took a personal day when Brad called me at the coffee shop. I took the train to get here. I avoided a woman jogger and her erratic brown cockatoo. And no, I don't have a car. Don't need it when I have one provided to me from work. I looked at her when she didn't say anything. She walked briskly, her eyes watchful as she moved, her athletic build moving smoothly, gracefully. She had the moves of a dancer, I thought. My eyes darted out to the street and I spied a yellow cab making its way to the curb. Grabbing Z's arm lightly, I pulled her over just as a man jumped out of the cab. Let's take the cab to your place. Looking at the driver, I said, Tribeca. Z adjusted her bag as she made herself comfortable.
0: Good idea, Keegan.
1: Sighing, she laid her head against the seat as the cab lurched forward. How you doing? I asked, looking at her.
0: Better, now that I'm out of the hospital.
1: She sighed again heavily this time.
0: Places like that are pretty tough to handle.
1: I bet I nodded as I thought back to what happened. Although Brad and I had stayed outside Daisy's room, Linda had run back and forth to let us know what was going on. I knew from the day at Central Park that Z was the real deal, when she had fixed my knee, but not gonna lie, I'm still struggling to wrap my head around the woo-woo magic that was so natural to her and seeing it in action again still blew me away. In Daisy's room, I could almost swear the air around her shimmered, not unlike the air simmering on hot sun-based concrete and Dr. Ambrose saw something that absolutely stopped him in his tracks. Linda was there when Z had helped Daisy. It was too fantastical. the things that she was telling us that she felt something around Daisy that there was something more in that room besides the doctor and nurses. Something about Nana being there. Something about her dead nephew, Dylan. It wasn't long before we reached Z's building. Z exited the cab as I made to pay the fare, and out of the corner of my eye, I saw her get into an animated discussion with a tall and rather dapper dressed man by the front door. As I approached him, I heard him say, really, sweetheart, didn't you say just this morning you weren't going to rush it? He threw his his hands up, his blue eyes rolling. What do you call this?
0: Will you please shut up, Dean?
1: Z snapped at him, her tone sharp.
0: It's not what you think.
1: Everything okay here? I asked as I stood next to Z, who was literally fuming at Dean. He and I had met once before, her roommate. Fine. Z snarled, her face flushed.
0: I think you already met Dean, Keegan, my friend and neighbor. Not my roommate.
1: Dean turned to me, his head snapping round to me, his eyes and lean face gleeful. A pleasure seeing you again, Officer Keegan. His eyes flicked briefly at Z. A bit sooner than expected, but a pleasure. Since they were locked in a fierce staring contest, I took that as my cue to leave. If you're okay, Z, I'm gonna leave. I'll call you later. She looked at me, nodding.
0: Thanks for the ride home and your help today
1: with that she turned on her heels and went into the building dean quickly following tribeca wasn't too far from little italy and i started walking in that direction ever since i met z it felt like i was in the twilight zone it's true that i've seen my fair share of strange shit in my line of work as a police officer but nothing like this and it's left me feeling more than a little confused the root question for me was why her Of all people to be attracted to, why was I attracted to her? She had mentioned before that there was no such things as coincidences. Not sure if I completely agree with that. I believe in luck nothing mystical about that but if i apply her logic then it was no coincidence that we met in the first place then we'd be paired up again through one of my closest friends what the hell what did i get myself into before i knew it i was entering a bustling italian restaurant the smell of tomato sauce fresh pasta and garlic bread were as soothing to me as apple pie it always reminded me of home kira saw me and smiled widely wiping her hands on her white apron she came over and pulled me into a tight beer hug look what the cat dragged in despite the crowd in here she turned to yell across the room get some veal parm for this guy i kissed her on the cheek as we walked toward the back to the kitchen area sliding into a booth that was always reserved for family i grinned at her my sister looked great. How's the kids, Kira? Missing their lousy uncle, she said, as she slid in the seat across from me. When are you going to come over? It's been a while. She stopped as her eyes narrowed at me. Just then, a hot steaming plate of veal parm slid in front of me. I stood up to hug her husband, a round and hearty man who loved food and my sister. Hi, Jimmy. You're looking good, I said as I slapped him on the shoulder. Before he could respond, Kira cut in. Hey Jimmy, do you think there's something going on with Han? He's looking strange. Jimmy frowned as he shoved his round face into mine. You nailed it honey, I'll leave you two alone. And with that, he ambled back into the kitchen. I sighed as I slid back into my seat, resigning myself to be surrounded by psychics today. My twin sister had a knack of knowing my mood and there wasn't any point in denying it, especially with her. And as I picked up my fork, I started talking about Z and where to go from here.
0: Music credit by Kogan Audio. Story created, written, and narrated by Z.E. Leanne. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please consider supporting us by subscribing on Apple iTunes and leaving us a five-star review. It helps people find us and it is greatly appreciated. Follow the continuing story of Zen Edison on Medium.com. Oh, mm.